Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Today's episode, Smoking Bans Cause Heart Attacks. It all started with the Helena fraud. The city of Helena instituted a smoking ban and then six months later rescinded it due to a legal technicality. Two researchers claimed that while the ban was in place, heart attack admissions dropped by 60% and then rose again when the ban was lifted. Now, they did this with Science by Press Conference. They had a big press conference, announced the 60%, but when the results were published, the number was actually 40%. It was published in the British Medical Journal, supposedly peer-reviewed, and it wasn't just inaccurate, it was intentionally fraudulent. And when you look at the actual numbers, there was a small dip in hospital admissions for heart attacks, but it was only during the first three months of that ban while it was being pretty widely ignored. The study's authors manipulated the numbers, which were based on a laughably small sample size, to make it appear that the effect lasted for six months. If you go to DaveHit.com and you click on the subsite The Facts, you'll find two pages of stuff about this Helena study and the fraud that went on, including their own charts and data, which shows them to be... Well, I don't want to say liars, but they were liars. They lied about it. There's no question about it. Although the study was thoroughly debunked, anti-smoker groups to this day refer to it as justification for smoking bans. And it started something. It inspired similar frauds wherever a ban was put in place. If a city or a state or even a country bans smoking everywhere and the number of heart attacks stay the same or go up a bit, it's ignored. But if they drop it all, it's cited not as a normal statistical variation, but as proof that bans reduce heart attacks. The nannies claim that Scotland's ban resulted in a 17% decrease in heart attacks. The study was limited to 10 months before the ban and 10 months after with a time frame cherry-picked to provide the most convincing numbers. And it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine where it was, of course, peer-reviewed. But now the truth has come out. The first year of the ban, the drop was really 7.2%. Not the 17% that they claimed. But the year before the ban the drop was 10%. In fact, like most developed countries in the world, heart attacks are dropping by a noticeable amount year after year after year. So the ban actually caused a 3% increase in heart attacks, using their logic. And then it gets worse, because the following year, the following year, the number of admissions for heart attacks rose by 7.8%. So the first year of the ban, the number of heart attacks decreased by 3% less than it normally does. And the second year of the ban, 
it went up by nearly 8%. So, using the kind of logic that these people use that they insist is valid, we have absolute solid proof that smoking bans cause heart attacks. It's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely ludicrous. All we're really seeing is the kind of normal variation that happens from year to year with any common ailment. But why should we be held to a higher standard than the nicotine nannies with letters after their names? The anti-smoker organizations who quote their numbers and the peer-reviewed journals who are willing to publish nonsense as long as it's politically correct. Now, most of this information comes from Michael Siegel, Dr. Michael Siegel, who is a tobacco control advocate. He likes smoking bans. But he's disgusted with the junk science and the dishonesty that pervades every anti-smoking organization, and he's been calling them out about it for years. And as a result, he's now a pariah in the movement. He's announced he'll donate $200 to any anti-smoker organization that admits the mistake. Now, he doesn't call them anti-smoker organizations. He calls them anti-smoking organizations, but I think that's a misnomer. Anti-smoking, well, they'd be trying to convince people not to start and helping people to quit. But this whole secondhand smoke nonsense is designed intentionally to make people hate and fear smokers. It's anti-smoker. And these people hate smokers. I've dealt with some of them... Uh, and I'm not just talking about dealing with some of the jamokes in various forums or on Usenet or whatever where the hate is just thick. But even with some of the experts, I mean, I've dealt directly with James Repace, and he's just a, a vile, obnoxious human being. He just really, from what I can determine, hates smokers. Now, I would like to propose my own bet. I will bet one fine cigar, or if you don't smoke, the beverage of your choice, that not only will no organization apologize, but that one of them will refer to the fraudulent study and quote that 17% number as proof that bans are beneficial. Now, shipping cigars or beer, coffee, well, shipping cigars isn't that hard, but shipping beer, coffee, whatever you want as a beverage, eh, it's kind of a little sloppy. So let's simplify things and just make it a $10 bet. And here's the specifics. If any anti-smoker organization comes out and admits the error and apologizes for it, you win. If, before that happens, any anti-smoker organization refers to the 17% decrease as if it were a fact, I win. Now, if you're foolish enough to take that bet, all you got to do is send me an email. But I really don't expect any takers. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been smartenized. So it looks like I missed a show for the 15th. And this is the show for the first, and it's now the eighth, so I'm pretty late with that. I will have another one coming up for you on the 15th, and maybe a bonus episode. I'm not quite sure on that. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But after that, 
there will be no more Quick Hits podcast for a while. Oh, not for good. I'm having too much fun with this to give it up entirely, but it won't happen for a while because I'm going to be putting a whole lot of effort into a patio book, a novel. It's a vampire novel that I wrote oh, about 150 years ago. Tried to sell it kind of half-heartedly and didn't really know what I was doing. Tried to find some agents for it. And I think it would be ideal for a patio book. And I really want to try and record the whole thing in one pop and have it all ready to go. It'll be released probably in weekly episodes. But I want to have, if not all the work done, at least the bulk of the work done before I start releasing episodes. The novel is called Blood Witness, and it's about a Jehovah's Witness who becomes a vampire. It's an incredible documentary. I think you'll enjoy it. I think I'm going to have fun doing it. But in the meantime, uh, the Quick Hits podcast will be going on a hiatus. Also, the Smartenizer is also going to be going on a hiatus for the same reason. But the podcast will be coming your way again, at least once, maybe twice, before uh, I go into hiding. The Quick Hits blog will be still updated a couple times a week, like I normally do. You know how to get to that. You go to DaveHit.com and click on the Quick Hits blog and you are there. And of course, I love hearing from folks. I always love hearing from folks. So hitman at DaveHit.com and you go to DaveHit.com, spell with two T's, and you can find that email address all over the place. So drop me a line. Tell me what you think. And that's all I have for you today, folks. So there's nothing left to do except remind you that the Quick Hits podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.